Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning we continue a series we began last week called Margins. It actually explore what it means to have margins in our lives. And so you know, we had this super high-tech gadget last week, you know, this balloon, and we talked about how you know, we inflate it just like we inflate a balloon. You know, our lives get expanded. They get full. And I, know, I, I want to see some of you squirm again. You know, I mean, how many of you ever feel like your lives are really full? You know, and, and we tend to kind of keep doing that. We tend to keep filling our lives up. With a lot more stuff. And don't worry, I'm a preacher, so I can keep filling this balloon up with a lot of air. It comes with the profession. You know, and we, we live our lives that way, right? We fill our lives with so much stuff. There we go. It, don't, it, this balloon is not, it's like half done. You know, this is like a 24, we could get this balloon about this big. Try it, see how big we can really get it. But you know, that's what we do our lives with. But today, as we talk about margins, we're going to talk about an area in our lives that sometimes we're a little bit uncomfortable talking about it. Sooner, sometimes the pastor talks about it. We like to shut the ears down and not listen to it. We're going to talk about our finances, our money, because it's another area in our lives where we need margin. In fact, most of us tend to live beyond our margins. You know, we tend to keep spending, right? And spending. Any of you ever feel like you're like that financially? You know, that there's just... You know, and we have all this that we spend, and we, and we feel like, and i got a different image up here for you, we kind of feel like we are being stretched in many different directions, and that these, this stretching that happens, and maybe if you feel like you wish you could do this with your money, you know, like this image up here of, like, you just could stretch this out and make it go a little further, and, you know, and we try to do that. And last week, we talked about that, there, you know, there are these distractions, and that, you know, when we live beyond our margins, we deal with distractions. Do you guys remember what the root word for distraction was? It's rooted in the word to be pulled in four different directions. So thank the French who during the French Revolution really, you know, made this work. Pulling someone in four different directions, usually with horses. So that's enough for you, right? You know, and, and do you ever feel like that financially? Ever feel like you're being pulled in four different directions? Just like you, like you just don't have enough that you could use more, and, and that, you know, there's just nothing. In fact, usually what happens when we get, you know, with our finances is just the opposite. It's like, this is what we have, and the next thing you know, it's just all gone. And you're like, wow, that paycheck went fast. And, you guys, you ever feel like that? Yeah, some of you are like, yeah. You know, it's just like an empty balloon. And what we had is suddenly gone. But as we talk about it, we're going to talk here again about, you know, how to create margin in our finances, as we talk about creating margin in our lives. Let's begin to go to our Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, you know, you have, just as we sang a few moments ago, you have paid it all. You've paid the price 
of our sin, the debt of our sin at the cross. For this we thank you and we praise you. And so, Lord, we offer to you all that we have and, and all that we are. Lord, help us. Help us to create margin in our finances. This area in our lives, Lord, we're often, we want to kind of tune things out because we get sensitive about this, about our money and our possessions. Yet, Lord, even as we read together in those words that Luke recorded, the conversation you had with your disciples, Lord, that where our treasure is, you know, our heart is where our treasure is. And, Lord, often our heart is with our material possessions, our monies, and our treasures. Lord, help us to live with this contentment. Help us not to be distracted by all the things that are before us. We pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. So we talk about distractions. You know, this is the month of November, which means that what is coming up later this month? As some of you got it, Black Friday. How many of you have already begun to see Christmas sales and there's Christmas music? I was at Sam's Club on Saturday buying a set of tires because I saved like $125, you know, because they had all these sales and things were, you know, going and you need this and you want this and the commercials are there. And we, you know, it kind of creates this dissatisfaction. That that's part of our North American culture, you know, here in the United States, the sense of never being satisfied. But Paul has these amazing words as he talks about what it means to be content. You know, and, and this is how the dictionary defines contentment. This contentment is a state of being mentally and emotionally satisfied with the way things are. Contentment it's the state of being mentally and emotionally satisfied with the way things are. How many of you are always content? There's a few who are like, maybe, you know, I'm putting my hand down because I am not always content. I'll be honest with you, there are times I live in discontent. There are times I am distracted by the things that I see and the things that I want. It's not always easy to be content, but you look at the Apostle Paul, and we, and we heard from his letter to the Philippians there, this, this is a man who, who suffered and who went without comforts of life. And he learned this, this secret that he says. He learned this, and he says this, and let's read these words together from Philippians 4.11. I have learned to be content in whatever situation I am in. You know, it's not easy to be content, especially, I think, here in North America, in the United States, because we are continually bombarded by this idea that you need more, you need newer, you need better. You know, your phone is old, your car is old, your house is too small, your clothes are too old. And we're continually bombarded and, and creating this sense of discontentment. But this sense of discontentment goes all the way back to the very kind of beginning, to Adam and Eve, when the devil said to them, you know, that God had given them everything, remember that, except for you can't eat you know, this one tree, this one fruit. And the devil says, see, God is holding out on you. You know, you really, you won't be content until you have this. Of course, they ate the forbidden fruit, and then sin entered our world. And we've lived with this discontentment. But, you know, as you talk about, you know, contentment, we're going to talk here about contentment. You got, you know, the balloon, but today I brought with me pies. Anyone like pie? few of you. All right, so I, I, got, I got like right here, Little Debbie snack pies. How many of you guys like Little Debbie snack pies? Great little things. And then I got here from, from Hy-Vee, I got to make sure I hold this carefully. I don't have a big mess. 
big apple pie. Little apple pie, big apple pie. Which would you rather have? Now, most of us would probably rather have the big apple pie, right? Especially because it's freshly baked. Were these, I mean, they're good, but they're not freshly baked. And yet, you know, we, we, we have this, this discontentment that our culture creates for us. And even though, you know, we have some, we want what? More. You know, and think about it this way. And, and I know most of us would sit here and say, well, I, 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 I don't have a lot. I'm not, I'm not rich. You know, I may not be poor, but I'm not rich. But, you know, let's, let's give you some statistics to look at and think about. Global statistics. If you have a roof over your head and if you have a meal on the table, you are richer than 93% of the world. Think about that for just a moment. If you have a roof over your head and a meal on the table, you are richer than 93% of the world. Now, I don't know if you feel any richer knowing that, you know, as you think about the bills that you have and, you know, the grocery shopping you have to go do and the other things you got to spend money on or there's not much left until you get paid on Wednesday or something like that. Yet, you know, statistically speaking, roof over the head, meal on the table, we're richer than 93% of the world. Or here's another stat. If you have a pair of shoes to wear, I have more than one. I have more than one pair of sneakers. One pair of shoes to wear, you're richer than 75% of the world. Yet, you know, again, we are bombarded in our culture and in our simple nature with this, this discontentment that we need more, we need bigger, we need better. We talk about discontentment, especially as we head into the holidays. The average, you know, U.S. household credit card debt, $16,000. And I don't know where, you know, you're at and whether you're above or below that or someone's kind of in the middle of that, but that's the average. That means some of us have a lot more than that and some of us have less than that, maybe none at all. But we continually bombarded by this idea of being content, or being discontent, sorry. And, and, and yet, we are called to in Scripture to be content, to be satisfied with what God gives us. Whether God gives us a little or a lot, you know, and I, earlier I opened this box up, and I, I realized discontentment right away, because I pulled this box open, and I'm like, you know what, even if God gives you, and I pulled out one of these little Debbie snacks, and I looked, and I said, that's smaller than they used to be. I mean, what happened? This is like, I could fit this in my mouth size. And then Ken Namaster, for those of you who can, said, do it. I'm like, no, and then it'll be like pouring out my mouth and it'll be sticky and messy. And, but you know, I mean, sometimes we're like, yeah, that's all that I have. And yeah, you say, but I would love to have a whole box of them or I'd love to have the whole big pie, right? You know, because this is a lot better than this. And, and this is what we're continually told in our culture, that you need to have this. And if you can't afford this, guess what you do? You get credit. And, you know, and we have this discontentment, and we tend to have these distractions then. And part of what these distractions are what Jesus is getting at in Luke 12, 34, these words we read together. Let's read these again. Your heart will be where your treasure is. Your heart will be with your treasures. So if all of your treasures and all of your longings are focused on something like this, guess where your heart is? It's right here, right? And often what happens is that you are so focused on something like this that it's incredibly hard for us to be generous. And I think a lot of times we want to be generous. We talked about this a little bit last week too. I believe we want to be generous, but sometimes we just feel like we have no room or like the balloon here, we've got 
well, maybe I can squeeze just a little more air out of there and squeeze just a little more out of the budget to be generous, but there's really not much left. Yet Jesus tells us, you know, your heart will be where your treasure is. So as Paul talks about contentment, then what is the secret to contentment? What is the secret to being both, you know, mentally and emotionally satisfied where the way things are? Well, the secret to contentment is, in many ways, is very simple. Now, a lot of you are going, yes, simple. It's simple, but yet it's not. It's simple, but it has nothing to do with, you know, some heroic kind of piety. It has nothing to do with, you know, how much money you put in the offering plate. It has to do with the words that we have from Proverbs 3, 5. And this is where it begins. Let's read this together. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Your heart will be where your treasure is. So contentment begins with what? Trusting in the Lord with all our heart. Trusting the one who provides for us. Trusting the one who gives to us. Trusting the one that whether we have, you know, a little or a lot, that we trust in the Lord. We trust the one who gave us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. The greatest gift we could ever have. The one that gave us his son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and die on the cross and rise from the grave. We say we trust in the Lord with all our heart. We trust not in the God who is going to judge us, you know, uh, by, you know, what we do with our money, by acceptance by what we do with our money. You know, it's not what we put in the offering plate that, and the gifts that we bring that gives us God's love and acceptance. And that's important for us to know. It's very important for us to understand that God doesn't accept you by the gifts you bring, but by the gift he gives in his son Jesus. God doesn't accept you with the gifts you bring, but by the gift he gives you in Jesus. And see, and that, that shapes, as we trust God, that shapes then how we begin to understand living in margin with the gifts that God gives us financially, the resources, the possessions that we have. Because often, you know, again, we're going to feel like we're being stretched and pulled in so many directions. You know, and sometimes it's not quite so much. Sometimes you're in college and there's just not much there to go on. And you've got to make it work. Sometimes you go through a tough time and it feels like one of these little Debbie pies. I'm hungry and I'm just going to take Ken up on this challenge and eat the whole thing. You know, and sometimes, you know, maybe it feels like we got a little bit more finally. And sometimes maybe we have a lot more. Looks like this gigantic pie here. 12-inch apple pie. Should have a la mode. Ice cream. Whipped cream. Be good. But, you know, as we think about, you know, our finances, you know, and our resources, whatever we have, we are called to live with contentment. And contentment begins where? I'll give you a hint real quick. Contentment begins where? Yeah, we go back to Proverbs 3, 5. It begins by trusting in God, trusting in the Lord with all our heart. 
Trusting that God provides for us, that he cares for us. Trusting that as we pray, give us this day our daily bread, that we are praying and thanking God for the daily bread, the daily resources that he gives us, whether a little or a lot, that he will provide and care for us. That's exactly what Jesus is getting at. Don't get so wrapped up in this discontentment of what you have and, and all the things you may want and need. Know that the Lord is there and that he loves you, and that he cares for you. But then Paul gets into also, a little later on, talking about those resources that we have and then sharing those resources. From 2 Corinthians, let's read this together. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. You must decide in your, where, he says? In your heart, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. In your heart, now, let's go back to some of the other words of Scripture, you know, that we trust God with all our what? Our heart. And contentment begins where? Begins as we trust God with all our heart. The contentment really begins as we trust God. We trust the God who gives us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. We, we trust the God that even as we, you know, we are called to, to share generously with the resources God has given us, cheerfully, because we have margin, you know, in our lives. We, we, we trust God and, and we give cheerfully. And then we have had since August now this 1% challenge. You know, it's probably in some ways been up there enough in the announcements that maybe you've just kind of looked past it. But the 1% challenge to say, you know what, give 1% more, share 1% more, be generous 1% more than what you currently are. So if you're at zero, it's a challenge to go to 1%. If you're at three you know, which is about the average nationally, go to four. If you're at 10, go to 11. Now, I had to put this in practice myself. I was going to ask the congregation to think about this, and I forgot the first week. So I took the second week, and I went and did that. Changed my bank account, because I like to give that way, because then it's always there automatically. And to give 1% more. Not because I have to, and really not because I'm the pastor, and i got to better do what I challenge other people to do, but because I trust that God will provide for that extra 1% that I'm going to share generously because I also trust what God is going to do through his congregation and the ministry here. That they do so cheerfully, because I know that my God loves me. See, that's the thing, is we trust God, we trust a God, not a God who demands from us, not a God who is checking our you know, bank accounts and our expenditures, but a God who gives us, who gives you his son, Jesus Christ. And that's how we go from what Paul says to give cheerfully. To give as we have been forgiven in our Savior Jesus Christ. The secret to contentment is trusting a God who loves you. Who loves you so much. Think of the words of John 3, 16. That he gave his one and only son. God doesn't accept you by the gifts you bring but by the gift that he gives in his son Jesus. So, you know, where, where do we begin to kind of build that margin? And this is a challenge we're going to give you. As we talk about it, it begins where? I, I, you, you, I'm looking for, again, responses. I worked with middle schoolers all day yesterday, so I got them to respond more. It, the building financial margin in your life begins where? Trusting God. So let's do that again. Fi building financial margin in your life begins where? Trusting God. Okay, let's do it one more time. I think you're starting to get it. 
Financial margin, building financial margin in your life begins where? Trusting God. It begins with trusting God. And this is a God who what? Loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his son for you. So what is that next step you're going to take? Now, for some of you, you might say, I, you know, I actually have a lot of margin in my life, but you've got to keep working on that. You've got to keep working on being content and, and living in that trust and knowing you are loved. And maybe right now you're like, the balloon is ready to explode. You know, it's going to pop. You know, there's nothing left to give. I'm stressed here financially. Our marriage is stressed financially. Our household. And so where do you begin? I mean, you can be, do some simple things like begin creating a budget. I know some of us, a lot of us, I don't like doing budgets, but I do it so that I have more margin, so I can learn to be content, so I can be more generous. Maybe, you know, you take that financial piece university class. And, and, or maybe if you really t- you want to get excited, you, if you know who Dave Ramsey is with Financial Peace University, you get a big old tattoo of Dave Ramsey on your forearm, shoulder. Say, I'm content. And that's really what Dave Ramsey is all about in the, in the materials that he uses. And there's other programs out there, but we like that one, that he really talks about what it means to trust God. To trust a God who loves you and to live in cheerful response to God's love. Not just so that you can give cheerfully, but that you can live cheerfully, so that you can live and share and live in the margins that God gives us to live. So what step will you take? The first step for us each and every day is a step of faith, a trust in the God who loves. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and we give you praise for your love. We give you thanks and praise, Lord, that you love us no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter how we've used our finances and resources, no matter how much, Lord, we are discontent and how much we chase after these things, you love us. You love us, Lord, no matter how little or how much we give because you love us because of what you've given for us. Your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the life you lived and the life that he gave for us at the cross and the life he lives for all eternity as our risen Savior. Holy Spirit, we pray that you help us in this step each and every day. Lord, for some of us, this has been a pretty easy step. We're, we're, we're doing pretty good. For others of us, Lord, this is a much bigger step to truly trust you with our finances, to trust you with all of our heart so that we can say, our heart, Lord, our heart is where our treasure is, and our treasure is you. Help us to continue making that step in faith and trust, we pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time.